Ergash Christian Church podcast. In this episode, we continue the series called Living It Up, which focuses on what a spirit-filled life looks like. So far, we have thought about freshening up and giving up. This message is titled, Don't Get Hung Up, with Dr. Bond reflecting on Luke 13, 10 through 17, and Luke 14, 1 through 6. Two accounts in which Jesus is called out for healing on the Sabbath. In these two familiar short stories, once again, we find Jesus being hypercritical of hypocrites. Why is he so upset? Why does he hammer them so hard for their efforts to try and follow their religious rules and regulations? Here now is Dr. Lee Bond. And again, good morning. So glad you are all, all are here. Ellen and I are back after a week of resting and reading and relaxing. And although we were hundreds of miles south of Louisville, it was about 10 degrees cooler where we were. Uh, and I confess that I am not sorry to have missed the recent heat wave that you all uh, experienced. Uh, it's been uh, great to have some more refreshing days recently, but uh, it is uh, good to get back after taking time to recharge our batteries a little bit. I also, I'm always grateful that uh, when I go away and come back, I, I, I always hear good news. I am so grateful for the ministry uh, that continues to happen in this place. Uh, we, we have so many faithful, dedicated, uh, talented people in this church family who generously share of uh, their gifts. If you were here last Sunday, you heard Reverend Julie Richardson who shared an excellent, eloquent message, and it was uh, great to have her preach in this place again. If you missed the message, you can find it on our website, which has all kinds of new stuff going on there. Check it out if you haven't been there lately. Uh, our children's and youth ministries got off to a super start last week with Promotion Sunday and Space for Grace kickoff and uh, two really cool field trips this weekend, so that's exciting. Uh, we welcomed uh, the first member of the newest refugee family here who uh, came to our 9 o'clock service today, and it was cool that he had a brother named Moses. I mean, that, how, how cool is that? Uh, but we're uh, excited to offer support to that family as they continue to make their way here. And the list goes on and on and on and on. So I want to thank you and I want to thank God certainly for these opportunities to make a difference. Today we continue the series called Living It Up. And we're focusing on what a spirit-filled, spirit-led life looks like. Uh, we've been reflecting on several passages from the Gospel of Luke, and we'll stay in this Gospel for several weeks to come. But so far, we've thought about freshening up, we've thought about giving it up, and today's message is don't get hung up. And I'd like to think about these two inspiring stories that uh, Dr. Lowe just read for us. If we listen closely as she read, we are fully aware that Jesus is hypercritical of the hypocritical right? Uh, he has a run-in with a religious leader who is passionate about following all the rules and regulations of the law. He explains to the folks in the crowd who just witnessed an amazing miracle, by the way, uh, don't, don't worry about that. Jesus is breaking the law here. He says, you, Jesus, you know, you cannot cure people on the Sabbath. Pick another day. You have six other days to make this happen. Don't do it today. Now, before we join the crowd and start hissing and dissing this man, I want to shout out an amen for this guy. Amen. 
uh, he offers a sound argument for keeping the Sabbath holy, right? Many folks in our 24-7-7 culture could learn from this man to keep the Sabbath holy. Some of you remember a time when coaches never scheduled any athletic activities on Sunday. How many of you remember? How many of you would like to go back, all you overscheduled parents and grandparents and families? Huh? Some of you remember a time when coaches never scheduled anything on Wednesday nights because that was also a church night. Uh, some of you recall when the stores were not open on Sunday, right? And some of you know how, <laughs> how we are all tempted to worship an unholy host of other gods and things and stuff and events before we get to worship uh, our creator God on the weekend. So you tell them, you rules and regulations keeper, go for it. Uh, and, and remind us of the positive purpose of the Sabbath. Many of us have forgotten. It, it was to be a joyous day, not a burden. It was to be a joyous day of, of rest and worship and eating and celebrating, being together. It, it was meant to be a celebration of God's rest and creation. We remembered that beloved story from Genesis 1. It, it was a time to remember the liberation of, of God's people. In, in fact, the day was established even with a sense of social justice in mind because it was a day of much needed rest for servants and slaves as well. In fact, the poor and hungry were invited or supposed to be invited to join in the festivities and to share in the feasting and the drinking and the, and the eating. And, and to honor the Sabbath was a way to honor and glorify God. But there are laws and there are other laws, and some are more important and Jesus' interpretation is actually closer to tradition. Surprise, he knew it pretty well. Uh, the law actually allowed for healing to happen in life-threatening situations. So Jesus affirms in this act we've heard in, in the story today, he affirms the life-enhancing aspect of the Sabbath. For him, there is no do-nothing, just sit there middle ground. He, he has to help. And, you know, the other guy is correct, He's sharing a form of the truth. But Jesus' compassion for this woman who has suffered for how long? 18 years. I, don't, I know some of you are, have been struggling with health issues for a long, long time. I know some of you are caring for loved ones and friends who have chronic illnesses that don't last weeks but have lasted years. Can you imagine the burden that was lifted from this woman who'd been hunched over for 18 years to be free from all of that. What a gift. And so Jesus' response, his compassion, is more correct. It is more caring. It is more just. It is more loving. You know, sometimes people get sick, and sometimes uh, re religion gets sick. You know, these are beautiful stories. They're stories of love and, and grace and healing. And as Jesus lays his hands on her, this, we, we see this act of blessing. And as she stands up straight, 
We see the literal and symbolic meaning here. In a society where women are marginalized, he not only restores her health, he allows her to stand tall with dignity, with pride. And pride and dignity are also restored to the man in the story in Luke 14. And Luke says that Jesus puts the religious authorities to shame He says, Jesus said, (laughs) I love this. Jesus says, you know, you all take better care of your animals and pets than you do people sometimes. I I would love to be some of your pets because I know how, you know, I, I know how well you treat some of your pets. He's making a pretty good point here. And I, and, and maybe my favorite line in the text today is in Luke 14, six, because it says, and they, the, the, leaders could not respond to him. They could not respond to this. They could not respond to Jesus's argument. And so he lays it out there and they're speechless. And it is a mic dropping moment for Jesus. Boom. Walks away. Wow. The stories remain remarkably relevant for us because we still get hung up, right? We still need straightening up. Jesus is still hypercritical of the hypocritical. And you've seen the studies and the stories and the research and all of that. Studies show that non-Christians, those folks outside, uh, often see Christians as unchristian. Young people out there, as many as 85%, see Christianity as hypocritical. Christian lifestyles, from their point of view, seem to be no different than the norm for other folks. Some look at the issues that are facing us as a country and as a world and and folks out there wonder where where are the Christians? Why aren't they rising up? Why aren't they outraged about what's going on? What we say does not always equal what we believe and do. And there's often a noticeable gap between faith and praxis. Someone defined hypocrisy as prejudice with a halo. Pretty good line. A church historian offers these words of wisdom. He says, tradition is the living faith of those who have died. Traditionalism is the dead faith of those who are living. And so, so we have to choose. We have to choose what what our lives are going to look like. We've got to choose authenticity. And we need to choose genuineness. We need to choose integrity. We need to choose transparency. And I know those are... Those are buzzwords in a lot of churches out there, but they're buzzwords for a reason because I think people are tired of Sunday only for an hour Christianity. You know, if Christianity is not true and holistically transformative, then there are plenty of other things to do with one's time. This Jesus that we follow has to make a difference in our lives. Rob Bell speaks and writes about a lot of this uh, kind of stuff. He, he says, you know, I often meet people who don't want anything to do with church. They don't want anything to do with God because of all those religious hypocrites out there. Often they have great pain and they blame it on the church. But he says institutions are made up of people and people hurt people. And he says, when I meet someone who has been burned by an institution or burned by a church, my first question is this. What was the person's name 
Who is the person who hurts you? Madeline Langle poses some other very important questions. She asks, what makes Christians feel that hate can express Jesus' love? Why are those who criticize my writing the same people who loudly proclaim themselves as disciples of Christ? You know, and why do others find my books helpful in leading them to Christ and a relationship with him? Now, she says, I think of myself as a fundamentalist, someone who still cares about fundamental things like truth and friends and imagination and and love and story and honor and compassion. She says one can be a fundamentalist without being a literalist, and one can be a literalist without being a fundamentalist. Sometimes when we combine the two, we can run into trouble because sometimes we try to force our understandings on what we believe to be the fundamental truths. We try to force that on others, and this can happen theologically or sociologically and politically. We become the very people we're protesting against. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the person who got really tired of seeing bumper stickers, especially during political seasons like now. But uh, so, you know, he got mad and he put he put a bumper sticker on his car that says ban bumper stickers. Right. I mean, you see the irony in all of that. Again, we have to, we've got to lean into the life and teachings and ministry of Jesus. There will be times to follow the letter of the law. But, but we have laws in our land that hurt and do not help. And new ones are being spun out all the time, and some are really good, and some eh, not so. And Jesus' test for us is whether they are bringing life and hope and healing. There are times when love has to transcend the law. There, there are moments when mission and ministry have to top the minutia we're dealing with. And focusing And this is important. Focusing on the bigger picture helps keep us together. You know, when we do mission work, we come together as Republicans and Democrats and independents. When we do mission work, we come together as liberals and conservatives and old and young and men and women. And and we drop the labels to help people. You know, think about some of the things going on around here. You know, Fed with Faith volunteers. Janet Flights, thanks for your ministry. You know, Fed with Faith volunteers work really hard on Sunday. Are they breaking Sabbath rules? Yeah. Good for you. You know, because folks who are hungry do not get a day off from hunger. Right, Janet? We give thanks for those involved in the refugee ministry. You know, a woman shared her perspective about her passion. Uh, She said in the Gospels, we have a Savior who was born a refugee child who sought safety in the first years of his life. And she wants to provide that same kind of safety to those who need it. She pointed out that no one enters our country as a refugee with refugee status without being thoroughly vetted through a years-long process. The whole law, is, as Daniel said so well before the anthem today, the whole law is summed up in that commandment. Love God and neighbor as self. And that's what drives her with this passion for this ministry. 
We give thanks for those involved in, in outreach, whether that's around the block or around the country or around the world. You know, the latest Guatemala mission trip is fantastic. We've heard great stories, and it's so inspiring for us to see people generously trading vacation time for volunteer time. It's inspiring to see people place service above self. I read about some folks who did amazing mission work uh, overseas, and in one village, uh, the people were carrying water laboriously up a, up a hill, pail by pail, bucket by bucket at a time. Uh, it took a lot of effort and work. And so the team devised a way to pump the water up the hill to where it needed to be. And you can imagine how much time and energy and resources that freed up to enable the village to thrive and spend time on more important things. They also noticed that every woman in the village, 60 and over, was, was kind of hunched over. And they began to ask about that. And they learned that the sweeping of debris, especially during the monsoon season, was often relegated to the folks who were older. And wood was in short supply, so they couldn't make long broom handles. So their brooms had short, short handles, and you're sweeping like this. Can you imagine? And the mission team noticed some long reeds, sturdy long reeds, and they began to fashion longer broom handles and palm fronds, basically, to help with the, the broom part. And, and, and the folks who were sweeping began to be able to stand up straight. What a concept. Years later, the team received a letter from the village leader, <laughs> and the leader wrote, in our village, the backs of our people are now straight and firm, no longer are their bodies painful and bent. We constructed a small shrine for you that says, in grateful memory of those who unbent the backs of our people. That is a cool story. Wow. So today, 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 Jesus challenges us to do the same with the boldness that, that he showed to the crowd and the lovers of the law. We are not to get hung up on unhelpful rules and regulations. We are called to get fired up about helping when it is needed. And when we do, just like what happened in this story, when we do, rejection will give way to rejoicing and accusations and allegations will give way to adulation and adoration and condemnation will open the door to celebration. So today we proclaim and give thanks to God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God for the opportunities we have to make a difference in this world. And thanks be to our God who continues to unbend the backs of God's people. Do we get hung up on rules and laws that keep us or get us off the hook from offering help and hope when it is needed? You know, I was struck by the vast number of young people, 85%, that see Christianity is hypocritical. I agree that many are looking at the issues facing our world today and asking, where are the Christians? Why aren't they rising up? which is something that Reverend Julie Richardson and I will be discussing in an upcoming bonus podcast. As you will recall, she shared a great message titled On Your Left and has graciously agreed to spend some time chatting with me more in depth about how we as Christians can stand alongside others who are hurting. 
those inside and outside of the church family. Also, I hope you will take a listen to my conversation with Reverend Rob Schrader as he shares reflections from the youth mission trip to Birmingham, Alabama this summer, and we discuss race, justice, and white privilege. As always, thanks for listening. Be sure and share our podcast with your friends and family. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We would love to see you around the table at one of our weekend worship services. To find out more, visit our website at www.beargrass.org. Until next time, peace.